you only really feel pressure if it means something to you. And I think it meant a lot to me. So I was kind of feeling it, but I take a lot of pride in the fact that when my back gets up against the wall, I, I usually perform pretty well. And I think that's, that's something that I kind of aspire to be is what people say is like clutch or whatever it may be. But there, there is a certain kind of level of focus that you got to turn on in those moments when your legs are kind of shaking, but you know, your hands are pretty steady over the putter or your heart's beating pretty quick and the wall on 15 at the bear trap is all you can see. So. Welcome back to the grind. I'm your host, Brian French, Monday Q info. This week's guest, Ryan Gerard, Ryan's corn Ferry member, went to the Monday qualifier for the Honda, as a lot of players from the Corn Ferry Tour did because they had the week off. He lives down in Florida. Gets through on the third playoff hole. So 21 holes. It would play Tuesday morning. Ran over to the golf course. Played a practice round Tuesday morning. Ends up fourth. Has basically changed his career. Made a ton of cash. Now in Puerto Rico with a chance to become a temporary uh, member. All upside. Exactly why bunch of guys show up at a Monday, hundreds, you know, 100, 150 guys at a Monday because they all believe that uh, Ryan Gerard will, they can be, they can do exactly what Ryan just did. So um, thanks for him for jumping on because uh, he's had a hectic week, had to figure out how to get to Puerto Rico, obviously not in his plans prior to this. Um, so I appreciate him jumping on. Thank you to Golf Tech for all their support of me and the grind, both the video version and this version. They've been a huge, huge supporter of what we do. Golftech.com. Go get some lessons. There's probably a location near you. They're super, super uh, great way to get better with lessons and then buy the new club. So Golftech.com. Thanks to them. Without further ado, here's Ryan and Ryan. All right. Welcome back to the grind. Ryan Gerard off of uh, the biggest week of his professional career. Ryan Kind of, I assume there hasn't been a lot of time to kind of sit down and what this all means. You you had to get to Puerto Rico. I assume that was kind of last minute. So, what's the last week been like? I mean, the last week's been just nonstop, pretty stressful. But I mean, all good problems to have. So, just got through that playoff Tuesday morning, booked it to the golf course, tried to get a practice round in there, and. Had a little bit of a breather on Wednesday, played good for four rounds, and then Sunday night came, and it was a whirlwind, and it was really cool. Just my phone was almost broken because of how many people had been blowing it up, which was awesome just to see the support from everyone. But uh, tried to book some flights, get some hotel rooms done, and just get out to Puerto Rico and hopefully have some more success this week. So. Before we get into all of that, let's let's kind of start at the beginning. You turned pro, had a great career at North Carolina, uh, but let's take it back to final stage. You miss guaranteed starts by one stroke, shoot even the last day, and kind of all into a category that for those people that are listening, like you kind of just a waiting game, right? Like how many events are you going to get into? You're asking a bunch of people, like what does this number mean? I assume like you kind of are in – some sort of limbo, you know, you're going to get into some events, but you don't know when or where. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% correct. Um, I was lucky because I played pretty well in PGA Tour Canada. So I was in, I came in fifth up there. So I knew I had like the same kind of category, uh, sort of uh, that fringe, maybe getting to a few early on is because what they were telling me um, kind of at the end of the year in Canada, if I was in the top five, might get into two or three of the first four and just kind of go from there. And I ended up getting into all four, luckily, uh, some very last minute, like on property two days before, Hey, you're in, but, uh, I'll take it however you can get it. And you just got to be ready in professional golf that you never know when your number might be called and you just got to go out there and play. And it was actually pretty funny. Final round of Q school. I'm standing on 18 fairway, kind of thinking like, it's the par four on the Magnolia course. So it's the, the opposite course that uh, the other, the, the leaders were playing and there's water all the way down the right side. And I'm standing there thinking this pin's pretty far out there in the water. I don't really know if I should go at it. If I should just kind of hit it left and make par and kind of see what happens or because if I knew, I figured if I hit in the water, I mean, it's almost game over for me. So it ended up working out and uh, sometimes life's just like that. And, I'll take what I got and it's worked out so far. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of make sure that that decision didn't cost me in the long run. Yeah. And again, I want to ask you, Ryan, so you missed the, missed the first two cuts in Bahamas and then uh, went to Panama, made the cut, uh, finished like 45th or something. But after those first two cuts, I mean, I assume those, the pressure kind of is closing in on you, you know, like your Canada status is going to, kind of be up if you guys have reshuffled in and started to move ahead of you like that's the thin line of making it in pro golf and not making it did did you like those i assume the pressure just kind of gets builds a little bit after those first two missed cuts like you know i gotta i gotta get a made cut and get in this reshuffle here yeah 100 percent. i mean i knew i was playing pretty well i just had a few weird things happen in the bahamas i had some clubs get bent on the charter on the way to the second tournament and it's just some stuff that you can't really do anything about. So I just tried to really make sure that when I went to Panama, I was as ready as I could be and knew that I had two starts. And if I didn't play well in those two starts, I probably wasn't getting any more. So, uh, yeah, the pressure definitely ramps up. You're really just trying to take it one shot at a time, but it's hard not to kind of, get ahead of yourself sometimes and think like, Hey, this is really important. This is basically the rest of my year. And you only really feel pressure if it means something to you. And I think it meant a lot to me. So I was kind of feeling it, but I take a lot of pride in the fact that when my back gets up against the wall, I I usually perform pretty well. And I think that's, that's something that I kind of aspire to be is, what people say is like clutch or whatever it may be, but there, there is a certain kind of level of focus that you got to turn on in those moments when your legs are kind of shaken, but you know, your hands are pretty steady over the putter or your heart's beating pretty quick and the wall on 15 at the bear trap is all you can see. So um, definitely knew that, those were the last two events I was getting into unless I made a cut and made it pretty easy on myself in Panama, just went out, played great first round and 
scrambled my way in the second round just to get in and that course was playing really tough and Columbia was just an added bonus I knew I'd been playing well and made a couple birdies late on the first round and just kept it rolling into the weekend and rain played unbelievable that final round just fantastic golf so yeah it was it was it was a been a whirlwind three weeks four weeks for me I assume Brian like you know the the uh the t3 down in South America I know like you're not thinking about that obviously at Sunday at the Honda but I assume it just takes some of that pressure off it's like you're you're set for the rest of the season on the corn ferry you can not that you don't feel pressure in a playoff on a Monday or those things but I assume the T3 is kind of the start of this. Like it takes a little pressure off and frees you up a bit leading into the, to the Monday for the Honda. Yeah. And the, the T3 kind of secured my starts for the rest of the year on corn Ferry. Like, I think I don't exactly know how it shakes out, but I'm pretty sure I'd get into every tournament from now until the end of this season on corn Ferry till their playoffs when they start dropping guys. And um, the Honda was just an added bonus. I mean, I knew I was going to play some of those Monday qualifiers uh, in the off weeks on Corn Ferry just because I live pretty close to them. It made sense. I mean, you have a great opportunity. If you get in the tournament, you're always looking for more experience, try and keep your game sharp. So that was kind of my the big thing that I was looking for at those Mondays. And when I got into the Honda, it's like, I've played well at this golf course before. Um, I think it's a big boy test. Like, I just really want to see how my game stacks up because I feel like I've been playing well and just kept it, kept playing well. And I mean, when you're standing there in the last couple holes, I was like, man, I really want to get this top 10 so I can get into Puerto Rico. I really had no idea about the special temporary membership or anything else or even the money that might come, come with it. It was just all about, hey, uh, I want to get in this top 10 so I can play next week because this was pretty cool. Let's go quickly back to the playoff. Did I, on the third playoff hole, did Jake hit first? Uh, no. So I, I hit first on every playoff hole. So okay. I you hit, hit it, it right into the tree and like behind a tree. We didn't know. I yeah. I, it was kind of a blind shot. So I hit it right just a little bit. I kind of knew it was on the edge. And it was in the rough, probably about 15, 20 feet behind a tree. And I had a shot where I could, I had to hit like a 54 degree wedge and I had to cut it probably 10 to 12 yards to get it on the green from maybe like 115. So I had the shot and then Jake hit it and he kind of, it was into the wind and kind of right to left. And he just saw me hit it slightly right. And he's a lefty, so he didn't want to overdraw it is kind of my thought that happened and he just kind of blocked it never covered the hazard had to go back to the tee punched it out in the fairway and then he was hitting his fourth shot before I was hitting my second and he kind of chunked that one down to 95 yards or 95 feet from the hole so he's I think he had almost 100 feet for bogey so at that point I was just kind of hey don't even worry about the cut shot around the tree chipped it back out in the fairway wedged it to 10 feet and just lagged it up there because I wasn't really focused on the score. It was, it was pretty much just match play. Just make sure you win the hole. It doesn't really matter how you do it. 
So once you get through, obviously the scramble, it's Tuesday morning. You only have one day to practice for those listening. Pro-Am's on Wednesday. don't have access to the course. Um, you have access to practice facilities. Um, do you set goals, Ryan, like going into the week? Obviously, it's easy to say you had goals now that you're where you are. But, like, it's your first event as a pro. Ryan played in the U.S. Open um, prior to this. Uh but it's your first PGA tour event outside of the U S open. And I mean, like, did you go in with any goals or do you go in knowing you're playing well and just kind of see what happens? I mean, I think I had some goals for the week, but they weren't really results based. I think my goals were pretty much just, Hey, I want to have fun this week. I, I want to see myself get better. I want to learn some things from, uh, the guys that I'm playing with, I want to kind of get more comfortable playing in front of large crowds and grandstands. So I think, I think I kind of, I think my other big goal is get really comfortable when the volunteers and the, the people are moving kind of behind you. Cause it's, that's something you never get in corn Ferry or Canada. Cause there's no one out there watching, but I think I, I achieved a lot of my goals and they were more of just about, testing myself and seeing how I could learn from this experience. And then just to find myself in the last group on Saturday, I think was probably the biggest blessing I could have had. Just there's nothing quite like being in the last group in a PGA tour event with the amount of people, all the chaos that's surrounding it, the camera guys constantly like rolling up in carts behind you. Like there's just so much going on and you have to really kind of, lock into your zone in the last 10, 15 seconds right before you go hit a shot. Otherwise, everything will get to you. And I felt like I played pretty solid besides just playing a really safe shot on 15 that plugged in a bunker. But I think that really gave me a lot of confidence that, hey, like I can do this on the biggest stage in front of all the people. Like I can still perform. It's not like I crumbled under pressure. So why not go out there the next day and have some fun and do it? And I know it'll be a little bit less hectic. So just, just went out and had fun and tried to try to make sure that I was getting better throughout the week and wasn't really worried about the end result until coming down the stretch on Sunday where I was like, top 10 would be really sweet. Is that what you have to do the best you can, Ryan, is kind of block out top tens and those kind of things. I mean, but also you have to, it's something you have to think about, right? Like after you hit it in the water on 18, you got like eight and seven. You got to take that out of the question. You got to make six. It's kind of back to the Q school scenario. I assume is like, you know, I know I'm relatively safely inside the top 10. I don't need to aim at this pin. Or did that thought process go? What was your thoughts on that after you hit the wedge on an 18? Yeah, the wedge shot was just, hey, this is going 25 feet left of the pin, fat side of the green. Like, I'm hitting this to where I can't screw it up. And I didn't really know at the time, like, what the positions of everyone else was behind me. I kind of figured that if I wanted to have a chance, I needed to make eagle, which is kind of why I went for it to the extent that I did on 18. But... I just kind of knew, hey, top 10 is great. Everything else is just gravy. So I was going for it, hitting the water, and I was like, okay, yeah, we don't need to make this any more stressful. Hit it on the green. The putt goes in, the putt goes in. 
If not, we'll take six and we'll just get out of here. Uh, your teammates, former teammates waiting for you, Austin Hit, Ben Griffin. Uh, it's been uh, a pretty good run here for, for North Carolina golf. I assume it's it's nice to see Ben kind of go from the desk to the PGA Tour in a little over a year. And, you know, Austin's played well in spots, almost got into the Corn Ferry event today or yesterday, last night. Um, I assume it's it's nice to have some golf can be a lonely sport at times. It's nice to have some friends and teammates around and waiting there for for you when you finish on 18. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've known those guys. I've known Ben probably since he was 12 years old, 13 years old, and I was probably 9 or 10. And I've known Austin since 2015. So, I mean, I've known him for a while. We've been friends for a while, and it's just really kind of cool to see us all come up together and see what Ben's been doing. It's been unbelievable just watching him. And it gives me a lot of, I mean, I love seeing him play well. I love seeing him do his thing, handle himself out there. And I like seeing good things happen to good people. And he's really one of those great guys out there that'll do anything he can to help you out and help other people and just take time to do whatever he can to make someone else's day just a little bit easier. But um, watching him play well, watching him do his thing, gives me like a little bit of a, hey, I know I can do this too. I see my buddy doing it. I play with him all the time. I love playing with him. I love trying to beat him. Like I love seeing him do well, and I know that that gives me confidence that, hey, I know I can do it. And same thing with Austin. I mean, Austin's been playing great. He's been like just one or two shots away a couple times now, and He's going to get it very soon. It's just a matter of time. And whether it's Latin, Canada, Monday qualifier, you name it, like he's right around the corner. And he beat me, like I said, I think I said, he beat me in the Sunday practice round very easily. Like went out there at Tesoro in the Monday course and just threw up a low one. And some days you just don't quite have it on the greens. I mean, 18 holes is such a small sample size when you're talking about really good players that the margin between them is very thin. So um, the more that he can just put himself in good spots, and he'll be fine. Like, I'm not worried about him. He's going to do great. You finish. How quickly Austin sent me a text and asked, like, <laughs> what's temporary membership mean? Uh you said you didn't know much about it. Like, do you like, did the conversation start pretty quickly after you finished? Like what the fourth place meant? Yeah. So Ben Griffin walks up to me on 18 green says, great plan. Good job. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, thanks for hitting in the water. Uh, all the good stuff that you'd only expect from your friends. And then we're walking around the back and he's kind of like texting some people. Hey, fourth place might get you special temporary. You might have needed solo third, trying to figure out. And I'm kind of like, whoa, what's that mean for like, explain it to me. There's a lot of categories on the PGA tour. No one really knows what they all mean, except maybe the guys that work there. So uh, I think he, he was right on top of it. I think even coming down 18, he was, he knew that 
where I needed to be. And I think I need 40.3 points to secure it. And a couple way T9 this week would do it. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I'm just figure another top 10, get to play the next week, and that'll take care of business regardless. Ryan, like if you don't top 10 this week, is the decision, like, have you thought forward of, like, you are very close to a bunch of special temporary membership. I would hope for those tournament directors listening, I would hope that a guy who's this close would get some chances in some events that some non-designated events where good stories and like happened Ryan and Eric Cole and uh, Chris Kirk happened at non-events. Is that kind of, have you thought that far ahead of like, say you have an exemption into a tour event, but you're close on corn for you're kind of in some sort of limbo. It's a good limbo to be in, but it's, it is kind of like you got to make some decisions on what your focus is at least for a little bit for the next bit. Have you, have you thought that far ahead? Uh, yeah, we've, I've had some calls with my agent and a couple other people just trying to figure out maybe what's the best plan of attack. I, uh, I don't necessarily know if I've reached a conclusion yet, but I think going forward for the next, I don't know if I want to put a firm time stamp on it, but kind of mid-May when that PGA Tour starts playing those designated summer events and the Corn Ferry starts ramping up and playing a lot, I think they play like 14 out of 15 weeks, that kind of stretch. I think – I'd like to play in as many PGA Tour events as possible until then and see if I can get membership that way, um, give myself a few chances and just kind of see what happens. And if I go and I play on Monday for a PGA Tour event and don't make it and I got to go fly to a Corn Ferry event, it's not the end of the world for me. Um, but I think, yeah, I think my plan right now is to kind of spend the next two months, let's say, playing as many PGA Tour events as possible, trying to get membership that way. Um, and then if I need to go play Corn Ferry, I have absolutely no problem going back out there and playing because I know top 30 is a big deal this year and you don't want to give up too many opportunities out there, but I feel like I'm playing well and I've already put up some good points out there that if I, it wouldn't be the end of the world if I took a little bit of a hiatus and had to go back. Um, is that, is that the hardest thing, Ryan is kind of blocking all that out? Like, you know, you're playing well and you can't, you can't be standing on the first tee. You can, you can think about it maybe coming down the stretch like you did at Honda, but is, is that part of the learning process on a, as a pro and especially in this situation was just pretty unique to kind of do your best to block out what you need and, and those kind of things for special temporary exemption and know that you're playing well and just kind of go see see what happens yeah I, I think it is it is a little tough to block out because it's very easy to get bogged down in how many points you need and what does this finish mean and can I get in this tournament or what can I play this Monday and still make it here or can I try and get a sponsor exemption here uh, I think a lot of it is just when you get on the golf course like it all just becomes about the next shot um, the next shot's always the most important one and just try and simplify your goals. Um, I think like this week, same goal as last week, top 10 would be fantastic. And if I get the top 10, not worried about points, not worried about anything, just 
want to see myself up near the top of the leaderboard, give myself a chance to win, hopefully get a chance to play the next event. That would be just what I'm going for. And I just kind of look at it as if I take care of business and I keep playing the way I've been playing, everything will take care of itself. And um, hopefully it's this week. If not, I'm sure I'd love to get an opportunity in the future. But if I don't, I can go back to Corn Ferry and keep playing and we'll just kind of see what happens. Awesome. Thanks, man. I know you get uh, going to get some some practice in. I appreciate the time. It's, it's early down in Puerto Rico, so I appreciate the time, Ryan. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you down the road soon. Ding, 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 ding. Am I getting on your nerves yet? Well, that's the point behind the seatbelt alarm in your car. And if you know somebody who won't listen to it, well, feel free to be annoying and remind them to buckle up. You could save their life. To find out more, go to dmvnow.com. When you get into your vehicle, make sure you buckle up, Virginia, and help save lives on our roads. A message from the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles. Ding, 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 ding. Stevenson University Online is a leader in advanced degrees for nursing and healthcare professionals with master's and certificate programs in nursing management and leadership, nursing education, forensic nursing, population-based care, RN to BS, and healthcare management. New online sessions start every eight weeks. Taking your career to the next level? Let Stevenson University be your partner for professional success. Visit online.stevenson.edu. You can control your electric bills from Novak without hibernating. Simple actions can put those savings in motion. Set your thermostat at 68 degrees or lower. Layer clothing and blankets to stay cozy. Replace baths with short showers. As a not-for-profit cooperative, Novak is here to help. Visit Novak.com forward slash save. Novak, offering simple ways to save. 